And the church said? Amen. Man, you guys sound great today. All 300 plus of you today, just awesome to hear you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for that blessing of your gift and singing. Praises to the Lord. Thank you for allowing Don and I to get away for a few days last week or so and uh, to get to uh, St. Louis, see our daughter and her husband and grandbabies, of course, and all the things there were just wonderful, and thank you so much. Um, we just pulled, pulled that direction, but we're here for now, and, and so I'm staying at least another week. Uh, on our travels, we passed a place on a road sign that said Nacogdoches, and uh, Donna says, what do you mean Nacogdoches? And she says, it's Nacogdoches, and I said, no, it's Nacogdoches. I promise you it's Nacogdoches. She said, no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You ever do that? Well, so I said, okay, it says 20 miles, and I'm hungry. You hungry? She said, yeah, I'm hungry. So we'll just stop up here, and we'll find out. I'm going to prove to you it's Nacogdoches. And she says, no, it's Nacogdoches, but whatever. So we pull over there, and we get there about 20 miles. We get there about 20 minutes, and we pull over, and I go into the first little uh, place to, to eat, and I go up to the counter, and I said, ma'am, I said, Here's what the deal is. We've been discussing, my wife and I, she's been arguing, but I've just been discussing, that we just really don't know what the name of this, could you just tell us the name of this place? She leaned over the counter and simply said, Burger King. That one works every time. I promise you it does. No, we didn't go through Nacogdoches. We'd be going the wrong way, and she'd be driving, but let's go on. Let's talk about chipmunks for a minute. Chipmunks, Don and I were on vacation. This is years ago when we were up in Canada, actually, and rented a log cabin for a few days there with some friends. And, you know, there was this little chipmunk. And this chipmunks are just these cute, fuzzy little animals. And they, they, this particular one would always run up to our cabin. And it had been spoiled. And, I mean, it just come right up and get on your hand, actually. And you could just feed it peanut after peanut after peanut. And it just cram its mouth full, and it would run off and hide those, come back and hide and come back and hide. And they do that all day long. And you would think, that's pretty smart for a chipmunk. Pretty smart. Problem is, a chipmunk has a problem. And that problem is, it's forgetful. In fact, they say its memory is about three days long. Better than some of us, I suppose. But nonetheless, it's forgetful. Therefore, much of the food and the work that they put into finding the food is lost because of their forgetfulness. As Christians, we too are oftentimes forgetful. David did an excellent job in leading us in our communion service today. The time there is to force to remember. But as Christians, we often forget. And we need to be reminded, I believe, of who we are and whose we are in the Lord on this journey together so we can continue forward on this journey. Because we can go about doing what we're doing and actually forget what it's really all about. So I think it's time for us just to remember a few things today. On this particular, I think we would say to begin with is that our journey is, is always to keep the main thing the main thing. We can come together, and that's one reason why Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, is because He knew we would come together, and we would sing our songs, clap our hands, we'd say our prayers, and we might forget that He hung on a cross for my sins. 
as we get started here, well, I would say what you remember, you are likely to do. Did you know that? What you remember, you're likely to do in life. I promise you that's the case for all of us that are in here today. When Don and I were in high school in 1973, so some 46 years plus years ago, uh, actually this month, I think 46 years this month, we met each other, and I asked Donna for her phone number. When I asked her, poor Donna, who said that? <laughs> we might be going to St. Louis earlier than we thought. Just kidding. Love you too, Bob. Oh, I'm sorry, Gary. Um, but nonetheless, I asked her for the phone number. Little did I know, the day before, actually, they, their family got their first phone in their house. She tried like the Dickens, and she was praying like crazy that she got the right number. Is that true or not? It is true. And I will tell you, 46 years later, 423-3423, it's sealed. <laughs> because it was something that was important to me, and I wasn't about to forget it. Because what you remember, you do. And I remember that number. And let me tell you, we talked on the phone a lot. It, it, by the way, it was a party line, if you've ever been a part of that. <laughs> the millennials are going, party line? What's that? Ooh, bring chips. Let's go. Doesn't work that way, does it? Whatever. You don't need to know. But nonetheless... What I want to do is I want to remind all of us of a few things. So I wrote down 18 things. And Jim, don't panic. I'm not going to give you 18 things today. But I want to get... That's right. I want to just give you a few. And maybe next week we'll go over a few more. I'm not really sure how God leads me from week to week. So I'll just leave that open to Him. But if we will remember these things, I believe that what will help us as we leave this place once again today, we'll leave with victory in our heart. So that means that this week we can walk in this freshness and newness of remembering who we are and whose we are. And we can show the world that we are victorious no matter what it throws at us. Can I have an amen? amen. All right, to begin with, and I'm not sure these are in any order, but here we go. Remember who knows what is best for you. Now I say that with all respect, but remember who knows what is best for you. And let me tell you, it ain't you. A secular society in counseling, they will almost always set you down and they will tell you things such as that. You know what's best for you. Do what's best for you. But as Christians, we need to be reminded. As Christians, you need to be reminded that God knows what is best for you. And the reason why I say that is Christians have a tendency, a tendency in all of this, often because we have a tendency to Try to take back, take, what, take back what it is that we had promised in our profession of faith to God that He is the Lord of my life. You see, Christians want a Savior. We want to be saved. When I close my eyes for the last time, I want to see Jesus face to face and say, welcome in, don't we? Give me an amen. But not all Christians want the Lord to be the Lord of their life. But let me tell you today, my friend, you can't have one without the other. We have to be reminded that we have made this commitment to God. We need to be reminded often that we have made this commitment to God, Romans chapter 8, that we have confessed our sins before Him. And that we profess that He is the Lord of our life. Give me an amen. amen. 
Let's go back to the Israelites for just real quickly in this one. This is when God rescued the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, out of that slavery time of 400 years. He did something that which is no doubt to us appears as though that it was strange at the time may not be to them at the time because they were in captivity for 400 years and I'm, I don't think they had Google Maps back then so they didn't really know from one place to the next place how far it may have been. But yet God was going to teach them. All the Israelites had to do as we read in Scripture or look on Google's maps today, we can see that all they had to do is head east around the Mediterranean Sea and there was home free, the promised land that God had prepared for all of them to have. They say this journey would approximately take 21 days, three weeks to make the journey with some two, two million plus people to make that journey to the promised land. And yet we know it took some 40 years and a lot of graves for them to arrive. But if you back up when they first started, there was something that God was trying to teach them. God is always trying to teach his people something. What's he trying to teach you today? In Exodus chapter 13, when the king of Egypt let the, people, uh, let the people go, God did not take them by the road that goes up to the coast, although it was the shortest way. You see, we always like the shortest way. We want to get through our hurt, our pain, our struggles, our, our whatever promotions. We want to get through them the shortest way we can because we want the promised land. Whatever that promised land is in your life, a promise, that's what you want. You want to take the shortest route. Let's just get there. Hurry up. You ever do that when you get ready to go on a trip and the kids say five miles into the trip? Are we there yet? We want to get there. So do they. But we also know that it takes time. God says, I do not want the, my people to change their minds and return to Egypt when they see that they are going to have to fight. Let me tell you something. You are in, we are in a fight. And there are many battles that we will face in our lifetime on this journey together. Don't think just because you're a Christian that there's not a battle that you're going to face because you are going to face many battles. Give me an amen. Now that me, that, that amen that you just gave said, let it be so. I don't like battles. But if I know and I remember the one that's in the battle with me, I can then say amen. Instead, he led them in a roundabout way through the desert toward the Red Sea. Of course, we know that story quite well. God knew that they were going to have to fight, and they were going to have to fight, and they weren't ready for a fight. The biggest battle that the Israelites have, and normally the biggest battle that you and I face in life, the battle that the Israelites faced, and normally the biggest battles that we face, is ourselves. It's me. I struggle with me. I struggle with the things that I know that I'm supposed to do, as Paul said, but I find myself not doing them at the end of the day, and I go, oh, no. On our journey together, there will, again, be many battles that we're going to face, and if we fail to remember who is in the lead position, we will have to take a lot of roundabouts that are unnecessary in our lives. Did you ever go through a familiar place and say, man, I've been here before. Huh? I'm not going to ever do this again. Did anybody ever say, I'll never do this again, God. Get me through this time and I'll never get here. Anybody get there again? Besides me. We got eight honest people here today. The rest of you, you're going to get there this week. 
No, maybe not. But in all of that, in our journeys, we have to remember who was in the lead there. So God showed them, of course, by parting the Red Sea. And I love that about our God. He, he showed them. He says, now, I'm a, I could take you this way. It'd just be easy. But I'm going to take you this way. You're going to get to the Red Sea, and you're going to see the first battle. And the first battle is going to be overwhelming because you know it is impossible to do. And God said, possible, because I'm God. Now, we know their stubbornness after that and how many times they just never gave in to God. But here's the question. He was showing them that he was leading them. How many times does God have to show you that he's leading you before you continue to follow him? How many things have God, has God led you out of, led you through something, and you got to the end, you said thank you, oh, thank you, Lord, thank you, thank you, Lord. Let me tell you something, when God leads you through something that you've been praying about, here's a real easy thing to help you remember. Sacrifice something. You want to know why? It's because you won't forget the sacrifice. And when you remember the sacrifice, you'll say it was well worth it. That's right. And in that, all of that taking place, that God takes you through something and you say thank you, has anybody forgot in just a few days and you find yourself once again following your own way, going your own route? How often does God have to show us that he wants to lead us? God knew what was best for the Israelite people and God knows what is best for us, no doubt. Write this down. Somebody needs to write this down because somebody needs to hear this today. I underlined it today and I... I I just go through this and I try to put myself in this place. Never forget that God wants to take you someplace. That sounds like a real easy statement. Anybody could say it, but God wants to take you someplace. Did you know that? How do I know that? Because I know that God has a purpose for your life. He didn't bring you to this point for you to stop. So God wants to take you to some place, but you have to remember John 10, 10. Remember, Jesus came so they give us this life, full life, but Satan came to kill, kill, still, and destroy. Remember that? And so you got to remember that Satan is trying his best to stop you from getting to the place that God wants to take you as a church family or as individual in Christ. Satan wants to stop you. He doesn't really care that you've gotten this far. He just wants to make sure you don't get any further. And the question is, if we, leave, if we follow God in this process, if we lose sight of what God knows best, it's going to take us a long time to get where God is leading us. But if you'll remember that God is leading, you'll get there a whole lot faster. Do you know that? When I came here 26 plus years ago, Don and I, I will tell you, Satan threw everything he could and I mean it, everything he could to keep me from getting here. And I am so thankful that I didn't listen to what he was doing in my life, but I listened to the lead of God in my life. And just after all, think about it, if I wouldn't have, you'd have missed out on all this. <laughs> but it's true, it's still nacogdoches. All right, let's go. For us to win, we must be confident, and I love this, and I put this in there this week, and as I was working on this, as God, God works through some wonderful, powerful ways, mysterious ways, we say, and He does, and 
He gives confirmation in many areas of your life if you just pay attention. So this week while I was working on this, reading over some stuff, you know, I have one of those apps on my phone that gives you these daily Bible reads. You ever have, you have that? And if you don't, you need to put it on there. Come on. I mean, if you're not going to pick the Bible off the shelf, blow it off the dust, at least you can put a Bible app on your phone because you look at every tweet, every Twitter, whatever they're called out there, and the instant it pops up, oh, i got to look, somebody's really wanting me, man. It must be the President of the United States. What does he want? So perhaps you can put the Bible app on there. When it tweets you, you can look at it, and then you know you're getting truth in your life. Give me an amen. amen. Watch, I was talking about this confidence thing. We must be confident in the one that has led us this far. Do you, you think God has led us this far to let us down now? No. Of course not. He knows what is best for us. Just follow his lead and blessings will follow. Here's my favorite new verse of the week. Because this came in just about the time. And this is it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. So do not throw away your confidence. Do you know what that says? It says that you can throw away your confidence. Somebody here needs to hear that because this past week, you just rolled down the window and threw your confidence right out the door. Don't throw away your confidence. Why? It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when persevere, that means it's going to take some time, going to take some struggle, God's leading you somewhere. It may take a little bit longer route, but God's going to be with you all the way in that process when you persevere so that when you are done and have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. Give me an amen. amen. That's powerful. Powerful. Somebody get that one in your spirit today. Number two, remember who has been there before. Remember who has been there before. In football season, I know there's some happy OSU fans and some unhappy OU fans today, of course. But in football, as all sports just about, I guess, there is this thing that we get to a stage, high school's about there, and then college will come and then, then the pros. And in that process, there's a thing called playoffs. And in the playoffs, the coaches will teach, if they get to the playoffs, the coaches are going to rely very much so on their seasoned players. And they're going to tell those young players that they're going to have to be, the younger players, rely on those that have been here before. You'll hear those terms. Listen closely. There has not been a generation of people in history that has said we love the Lord with all of our heart and obeyed him and walked in obedience that he has not led them to victory. God longs to lead his people to victory. To victory. We don't need to get our eyes fixed on something, some kind of new scheme, if you will. This is again what Satan will try to do. What he does is he shuffles the cards, sprinkles a little Jesus, and says, Yay, yay, rah, rah, we win. Then work like that. The scripture is clear for us to fix our eyes on Jesus. David read it for us this morning. To fix our eyes on Jesus, the one that has been there before. There isn't, listen to this, there isn't a pain, there isn't a hurt, there isn't a struggle, there isn't a sin that he hasn't been around before with someone else. Think about that. Your sin, your hurt, your pain is nothing new to God. It's just not. So he's been there before. 
you got to remember that he's been there before in that process. The book of Hebrews tells us that. It tells us that everything that I experienced, you experienced, we experienced in life has first been experienced by Jesus himself. But never forget in all of this, remember this, that he did not sin. We did. That's real important to understand and to keep, keep out there and remember is that God did not sin. He went to the cross for our sin. He did that for us. And while there is no guarantee that we will not sin again, in fact, we will, there is a guarantee of forgiveness of our sins. And if you forget that, you will be defeated because you will only live in your sin. For the life of me, it's really, it's been a, it was a struggle for me to understand why people would live in sin when forgiveness is offered. You ever think about that? Do you know why people do that? They do that because they like it. If you like what you're doing more than you crave forgiveness of God, you'll continue to live in your sin. But God is a God that forgives, amen? Psalms 103, David said, and we know his story, All that I am, praise the Lord. Everything in me, praise the holy name. My whole being, praise the Lord. And do not forget all his kindness. What is his kindness? He forgives all of my sin. He heals all my diseases. He saves my life from the grave and loads me up with love and mercy. He not only forgives us, he loads us up with kindness and goodness and mercy and love. He gives us bonus. When forgiveness comes, we get bonus. Not only forgiveness, we get this freshness, this newness. We get this confidence back again, once again. Don't forget that he's been there before. Number three and number four, they really tie together, but I want to separate them just a little bit, and they're short. Number three is remember who is never lost. Anybody ever lose at anything? Anybody? Come on. Everybody put your hand up. It's a stick-up. No, okay. On the night before Jesus was crucified, he said to the Father, I have glorified you on earth, and I have finished the work which you have given me to do. When I look at that, I kind of break it down even more for me, personally. You may not, and that's okay. But to me, I hear him saying, Harley, I, I finished my Father's work. And I finished my Father's work just for you, Harley. I think of Jesus that night before he was betrayed and, or that night before he went to the cross. And I think about what was on his mind. And when I think about what was on his mind, and when I really think about it, and when I don't get in a real big hurry, you know what I discovered? Who was on his mind? Me. And all he was saying is, I've finished my father's work, Harley. Will you just accept it? Will you accept what I've done for you? It's really that simple, my friend. It really is in your life. God did what he did through his son just for you, and all he's asking you to do today is just accept what his son did on the cross for you. Every good coach, or you hear these words, I should say, probably better off to say it that way, is... It's not over till it's over. 
the battle we are in is not over. But I can tell you this, the battle Jesus fought for us is over. Somebody should say amen. And if we will not forget that, we can walk in that confidence, knowing that we will win in the end. Jesus was sent into this world for his purpose. He accomplished it. He finished it. He did not lose. And he doesn't want you to lose either. And if you remember his victory over the grave, it'll give you confidence knowing that the victory someday will be yours over the grave as well. And when you have that confidence, I promise you, promise you, you will play with more intensity and fire burning in your spirit than ever before is that I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I am redeemed. I'm called His. He has called me out. He has set me free. I'm a child of the Most High God. And when you get that in your spirit and not forget it, you can walk every week with your head held high. No matter the challenges, the struggles, the hurts, the pains that you might go through and say, I am victorious in Jesus Christ and Him alone. He's never lost, nor will He. Number four ties right in. Remember who's ne- who has the perfect record. like to have a perfect record. like to have that. You see, perfection is what we strive for, but we all fail at. We just fail. But not our God. He is a perfect God. Deuteronomy 32 says, The rock, His work is perfect. It's perfect. And Psalms 18, what does it say? As for God, His way is perfect. His word is flawless. Indeed, God Himself is perfect. And He will not tarnish that perfect record when guiding you. Do you think that you are the one that will cause God to fail? Think about that. Do you think you are the one that is going to cause God to fail? That he's going to look back and he's saying, man, I don't know what happened, Jesus. This one here, uh, I just guess I failed. No. If you remember that he has the perfect record, And if you remember, he's never lost. And if you remember, he chose you to be on his team. That's good news. Number five, remember where the victory lies. I think it was Jimmy Johnson that said years ago, How about them cowboys? How about our big God? How about the one we follow? How about our Lord, our Master, our King? How about ours that walked out of the grave? Yeah. We got to remember where the victory lies. I like victory, don't you? I like to win. I like to. My grandson loves to win too. Douglas, he's the perfect one example for that. He loves he hates to lose, man. 
You play a board game with him, you better be watching that little thing that you're moving around because it's going to end up on, like, I win a million dollars today. Yeah. He likes to win. He doesn't like to lose. Well, I like to win, too. Well, let me, do you know that you can win today? You want to show you how you can get victory today? It's right there in that verse. Now, at the end of this verse, I want to just tell you, to begin with, it sets a stage here. A lot of people want to add a lot of things to the end of this verse. They want a but. But, 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 but. That's what they want to put in there. They want to add a lot of do's to the end of this. But here it is very clear in 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, and this is the victory that conquers the world. Did you catch that? It conquers the world. It conquers the world. It conquers the world. Where do you live? The world. Not Lawton, the world. Now watch our faith. You mean that's it? That's it. No, 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 no. Listen, relax. Don't get burnt out. So the one who conquers the world is the person who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Without faith, you cannot please God. And without faith, you cannot receive what He offers you when you experience the new birth in Him. Period. Not the one who has the most money. Not the one that has the most degrees or the talent or the best looks. Not the one that thinks they are right in all the issues because they are not. No, the one that believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So the question comes for you, do you want to be victorious? If you want to be victorious, then believe. And don't forget who you believe in. Have you claimed that promise for yourself? If you have, then you have victory. I'm victorious in Jesus Christ. When I die, I'm going to heaven, not because of me and not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus did on the cross, and I believe that he is God's one and only son. If you haven't, you'll be defeated. I don't care how good you are. You'll be defeated in the end. You may make it to the Super Bowl. You may get down to the last minute and up by 50 points. But I promise you, you're going to lose. If Jesus is not the Lord of your life. Are you running from it or are you learning from it to remember that God is with you on our journey together? That He lives within us. Isn't that wonderful? I could talk about that for a week, that he lives within us. How people put Jesus, how, how people put the Holy Spirit of God himself in a box and place him on a shelf and say, it's it, is beyond me. When I open it, it simply says that he lives within me. And he does. Don't forget that. Don't forget the main thing. Our journey... Our victory lies in Jesus, always has and always will. Can I have an amen? May we never forget, may we never forget that we, you, I, we come broken to be mended. Are you broken today? God wants to mend you. 
Don't forget that. We come wounded to be healed. Are you wounded today? Someone said something, did something. Something happened in your life. It was unfair. Somebody got the promotion and you didn't. You don't know what happened. I don't know why, why my health is like this. We come wounded to be healed. But most importantly, we are pardoned by the blood of the Lamb. Have you declared victory through Him today? If not, you can today. And we invite you to come just as you are and be victorious with us on our way home. You come together as we stand and sing.